In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters. We're recording on another Purple Friday, two weeks, or two more Purple Fridays before our game day eve, Purple Friday. I am joined tonight by J-Cap, DJK Woody, and our returning missing, but welcome back, dog process. Welcome back, DP, or as we said tonight, zygote process, so ZP, but I'm not going to say that more than once. How's everybody doing? Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you Great. very much. Football Doing season's well. getting closer. Excited. We're so close, you guys. We're so close. So fucking close. Uh, all right. As always, drinks of the evening. Jacob, what you got? Uh, I got a Hop Valley Brewing Citrus Mistress IPA. Nice. Cry IPA haters, as always. Cry. Cry, Leah. Cry. DJ. Me too. I hate IPAs. Loser. I'm sorry. Cry, <laughs> That's why I always have the claws. Well, tonight I was planning on drinking something good, but last minute I got put into a basketball tournament starting tomorrow morning. So I'm just drinking water. All right. Being healthy. We Don't want to go it. too hard. Well, it's been a couple of months, but uh, DP. So I've, review. I've, I have two drinks tonight. First, I have water, ice water in my Adidas Hydro Flask. Three stripe um, life. Three stripe life. Three stripe life. Uh, second, and the most important one, is I got this uh, big, don't laugh, it's this huge thing of Arizona green tea with ginseng and honey. Um, in my opinion, this is the best Arizona because a lot of the Arizonas are like really like in your face sweet. Uh, but this one just kind of has a really nice flavor. It's not overly sweet. You can just kind of keep drinking it and drinking it. Tastes great, uh, like room temperature or cold, um, which is a big plus because a lot of those Arizonas are just gross when they're room temperature. Um, so yeah, this is this is a top tier DP drink for me. I'm gonna say this is a this is a DP nine out of ten. Yeah, that used hmm. to be uh, you know when I was not an old man, uh, my one of my go tos from the you know convenience stores to go with you know some good spicy chicken teriyaki from wherever I got it. But twenty eight or however many grams of sugar in one of can of those, I'm like, yeah, that's not a good idea anymore. Uh, and I'm getting ready for football season and tailgate season with a with a classic vitamin R tall boy. Ooh, so Tugs would be proud. Shout out to you, Tugs. We miss you. Yeah, we miss you, Tugs. Uh, we wish you hadn't been called in so you could drink and laugh with us tonight. <laughs> um, all right. Stupid tweets. Who wants to At recognize them? Ryan Schill's entire Twitter account. Yep. For the fifth time. That is really top scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a great yeah. bracket that we should make. Shitty Twitter accounts. Oh my god! One seeds are Ryan Schill and Mike B and Go Dogs ninety one. Uh, Batman Al. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Zach, Zach Edwards for sure. Zach, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> right, Al. I, I got, I got it's, another one. It's still, it's sixty four one seeds. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> don't, don't. Uh, what's, what's my guy's Jeff? Uh, my guy Jeff, whatever Jeff, his name is. Jeff Emig is no, definitely he, not on that. Yeah. Bracket. No. Yeah. I'm saying uh, he's account. like the lowest seed. Like that. That oh, is an elite account. He's probably on there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> what was the one he posted tonight? I was legitimately cracking up about that. I don't know. Someone sent it in the group chat. It's just the yeah. same shtick every time, and it's still funny. Yeah. What was that? Dude, this I guy. Think... I swear. It's, it's unreal. Find that. I got. I got another uh, bad tweet. Oh, did you find it? No, I found Jeff's. Yeah, you know, breaking just... news: stores are now running out of tampons due to the increase of pussies in America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's oh, top tier content right there. Love that. Oh boy, 
Uh, well, TJ, go ahead. That's hilarious. Oh, I got two. One that I'm sure Hooligan or somebody else is already going to say. Classic Mike Black. He oh, said God. there's Brutal. a few more things like Oregon's overall defense is better than UW's. Not a huge gap, but better. Like that. What did he say? He said Oregon's he said, defense is better than UW. <laughs> that's unreal. It's not even close, dude. Yeah. How many points did they give up to, to Oregon State last year? Too many. 41. <laughs> this is the seventh ranked defense in the conference last year obviously like and i've said this on twitter a lot like take 2000 everybody take 2020 with a grain of salt yeah that said they weren't that good last year against a pretty soft fucking schedule yes i know we played a softer schedule than we could have as well it is what it is but they just lost two significant members of their secondary. There were times last year where Kevon Thibodeau was getting triple teamed. And as I've said a couple of times on Twitter this week, if your best player is getting triple teamed, if your best, and particularly if your best defensive lineman is getting triple teamed, it means the guys next to him ain't worth a so, fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> Donald. There, there is, True, yeah. he could be Aaron Donald, but he's not Aaron Donald. He's not. No one, no, no not, one is. He's good, but he's not like, also, um, if you're getting triple teamed, the other guys on your defensive line should be making more plays. Yeah, yeah, you would think, but they're not. Because even they're if they're just either being above single average. blocked or not blocked and left, you know, free. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's that's special. Um, I mean, and yes, there is a ton of talent. Like they have recruited very well. I think we've talked about this in previous episodes, where uh, in some ways we need to be a little bit more like them in sending out maybe just a few more offers. Uh, than we have. Yeah. For but sure. There's a lot of talent, but they haven't proven it on the field yet, and that's nope. not really where it counts. At least last time I checked. Yeah. But yeah, I also wanted to specifically, uh, you know, shout out Ryan for his, uh, oh, so, you know, Undisputed North Champs, because after reading the announced policy of the Pac-12 that going forward in the 2021 <laughs> season, if, it, if a school, if a team was not able to play due to COVID, that the game would be forfeited. That was not a retroactive policy. <laughs> right. It's he was probably just trolling, but still rules. stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, this is par for the course of it, you know, like, oh, well, you didn't, you know, prove your national championship on the field because you didn't play in a championship game. It's like, you can't apply current rules to previous situations. It's like, was, you know, as I've used the reference before, you know, it's like, was George Washington not president because he didn't win the state of California? No, they don't <laughs> teach common sense class at the University of Oregon. It's okay. Give him a break. You know, you know what? Uh, Boomer, that, that Boomer guy, you know, he, he posts some crazy polls and stuff like that or whatever, not polls, but whatever rankings. But, I mean, a lot of it's cool. Boomer. He does a lot of research. <laughs> you have to. With this group, you've got to be more specific with that boomer guy. Talk talk about Tug's nicer than that, DJ. Sorry, my bad. That that boomer sooner guy. I forgot what's his name. (laughs) At Boomer. Boomer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even in the chat. I'm just mad that he let Ryan Schill in that college football group chat. I can I can't can't stand that guy. Anyways, I got one other one, uh, stupid tweet, and shout out to uh, our guy. Love love the guy for doing this. Uh, for not for, not for doing this, but I love the guy despite of doing this. But Noah Dickerson uh, tweeted at oh, Mike Burrell. He no. said 2001 uh, logo is the best one. I'm like, oh no, 
No, anybody nah, that's who not thinks it. that can go away. <laughs> kill the weasel with fire. I, I, I said it like kill the weasel with fire, dig it up, shoot it, <laughs> kill it with more fire, bury it again, and take a dump on top. <laughs> <laughs> the weasel needs to go away like just no uh, any other stupid tweets that need to be shamed um, well well, there's Aaron always Zach Feld Edwards Ryan Connell <laughs> it's like dude you lift in weights or do you are you more constipated because you haven't taken a shit in 10 days dude like Aaron Feld wait I have a tweet uh, this one's from at UW Leah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, quote, I understand this is an opinion that will make folks question everything about my cooking. Milk ruins the integrity of cereal. Team hashtag dry cereal. Canceled. Yeah. <laughs> no, Unreal. Dry cereal's bad. It is good, but it's not better than with milk in it. That's not a debate. Yeah, absolutely. To a similar, similar, you know, skeleton of UW Twitter or UW social media or fan communities, um, I, I, it, it's not one that, that we can actually can criticize the athletic department or the coaches for. It's uh, fans that get on either on message boards or on Twitter and are saying, you know, talking shit about student athletes that the UW is recruiting or has recruited. Like, you know, if there, if there's still a player that we're actively pursuing, or you know, in the in this instance, it was is a commit. Shut your fucking mouth. Like, do not yeah. say shit. You just make us like it. Just don't fucking do it. Like, yeah, mind boggling when you're talking shit about a guy that's committed to us. Like, you got to know that the stuff that you're putting out there, oftentimes they can see, especially on paid sites like yeah. dogman.com that talk to high school coaches exactly exactly and themselves right and i mean if you're uh like obviously if you're a kid that's committed to a school (laughs) likely your parents or your family or your friends are going to subscribe to that service to read about you and the school that you're going to and that kind of stuff so they're going to see that even if it is behind a paywall they're going to see it so for somebody to get on there and just say whatever it was exactly that was said. And then Ben puts it up on his Instagram and is like, yeah, I don't care. It's me against the world type of shit. It's like, dude, there's no reason for it. There's no room for it. You're not doing anyone any favors besides just getting mad online, which whatever we do it all the time, but like, don't do it where recruits are going to be able to see it. Don't do it to a 16 year old kid. That's going through. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, I, I understand, like, you, you only want, you know, the, the players that to you, you evaluate as being the best. You you want to sign the 25 best players in the country every single year. But at the end of the day, you're talking about 16, 17-year-old kids who are, you know, trying to, you know, live their dream. And they've just committed to, you know, the, this awesome school that we all, you know, know and love. And you're saying, well, you're actually not good enough for us without being part of that, that, that process just from the outside. Like, that's just really right. a terrible, terrible look. Like you can you can have that opinion, but I think just keep it to yourself. And at that point, once once the kid's on board, all we do is we hope he succeeds and we root for him. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It. Yeah. Like we can like obviously we're critical of elements of our, our of the athletic department elements of the team, but it's more directed to the people that are paid <laughs> to do what right. they do. And but these, I mean, like they're kids, like you know, and. 
we can scream and moan a little bit about you know player performance on certain things or when players make poor decisions or don't execute plays in the end zone. Um, but again, it's different. But and we're still not going hard like that and saying like, hey, he's worthless. We don't want him anyway. Like just just stop with that shit. Yeah, or you can be like Zach Edwards and talk about how a top ten receiver like in in receptions and yards career yards is terrible and i just i want aaron fuller okay. to make the seahawks and be good in the league just so i can watch yep. all these people that are shitting on him right now yeah i don't get that for why him and be like pro dogs like fuck you like because you were talking shit yeah. this whole time why why are some people i've seen a couple people like t- that was, he was mentioning in a tweet somewhere about being on the seahawks and so people will be like oh all right what what are they doing like where he sucks like why wouldn't they root for a husky? Yeah, did Aaron Fuller ever jump to the end zone? No, <laughs> no. Well, no. Even if Pacelli, I would. Vote, I don't. I want Pacelli to make a team. Yeah, that that too. I, I would. But, I would say. Yeah, that. I know what you're saying. I mean, like I said, I I want him to make the Cardinals. I yeah. just would love, also love it if he happened to jump out of the end zone again against the Seahawks. Oh yeah, <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we want these guys to be successful. It's like, and when it comes to that, like, once they're out of the program, like. You know, regardless, like we want them to be successful, but like in Aaron Fuller's case, it's not Aaron Fuller's fault that the coaches didn't play somebody that that we didn't have better options, or the coaches couldn't figure out that there might have been better options to start outside and put him in a position to be most successful as a slot receiver, where he could have made. I mean, like it was why he was as as good as he was and as effective as he was as a freshman is because we had John Ross and Dante Pettis outside, right? Like that's not on the kid that's on the coaches yeah yep. so okay and i think we're off our soapbox now um all right kind of first main topic of the pod uh we wanted to talk about kind of wish lists that we have for the season you know kind of beyond the obvious of you know 10 plus wins which we've talked about uh you know kind of more things that are more specific tj did you have a question there or go ahead Oh no! I I didn't know I wasn't not muted. <laughs> My bad. But yeah, I, I just wanted to say something uh, when you're done. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, okay. So go I was now. Gonna... Yeah. Go. Okay. Yeah. The the one thing I want to see, other than yeah, the obvious Rose Bowl winning the Pac-12, but I want to see our offense be legit, like be a, one of the best offenses in the conference, if not country, and I want to see it done by at least a balanced attack, more more passing and better passing schemes and not run the damn ball every time. I'm not saying like that doesn't work, but yeah, I just want to see our offense be able to be what it was a few years ago for that year or two and just just be able to score and not just have to rely on defense the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead, DP. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll add on to that. I agree with DJ. I do want to see like a big receiver, but specifically what I want to see is I want a big part of it to be a breakout from a wide receiver. Um, I would say that's that's probably the position I'm most concerned about offensively, and I I just really want to see someone break out and show that you know they're the guy 
or uh, we have, you know, one of the guys who are kind of deeper on the roster show out. Maybe, you know, Sawyer Racanelli pops up out of nowhere, has an awesome season. Just whatever it is, I want a wide receiver to really exceed our expectations for them. I know Bynum uh, has done really well the first couple of days of practice. So, you know, maybe it could be him. Maybe it could be someone like Sawyer. Just whatever it is, I want one of our receivers to really blow up in a way we weren't expecting and have a great season like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that can happen. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think that you're going to see, I think, I think Bynum is probably going to have the most catch. I would anticipate Bynum will have the most catches and he'll probably accrue the most yards as a receiver, but I could like, I think Terrell will probably lead the team in receiving yards and catches. But I think he'll be at like 800 ish. Um, I think there's enough talent there and I'm seeing good things so far and hearing good things. Um, that I think you're going to see the ball spread around a little bit and we're going to be able to take advantage of matchups. Um, like, there was a clip from practice today where Rome just flat beat That was Bookie, nasty. Nasty. Just blew by him. Um, it looked like the the corner that you know, he and Jalen were, were on the same side with Rome were in the slot, and the corner on, covering Jalen bailed deep and... Jalen saw it and, and kind of tucked inside on the slant and deep and Dylan made a great throw, I think decayed along the sideline on the short side. Um, but I think you're not going to be able if the talent, if the receiving talent that we have plays to... audio, <laughs> it's, it's audio. <laughs> Crap. All right. Um, damn. Back to, back to the trademark center square. Um, my, my kind of top thing of the wish list kind of, it's a bit minutia, but, would be just be fun is if CTF comes back and plays a significant enough portion of the conference season. Damn it, Hooligan, you stole mine. And, and his first team all conference. And somebody in the group of Smalls, Ryan Bowman, Jeremiah Martin steps up into a real threat on the other side that also yeah. ends up being the first conference alongside CTF where the Golden Goose of Oregon doesn't end up first-team all-conference. That's my big wish list. Yeah. That's my first wish list item. Um, yeah, my, my my one for the defensive side is obviously we've heard about ZTF. Um, hopefully, you know, he's making a miraculous recovery. Um, for for me, I like I, I think first-team all-conference for him is really lofty, especially if he's coming back week four or five. All I want for ZTF is that he's able to come back on a good timeline and he stays healthy and he has a great season, puts himself in a great position for his future career. Um, you know, for, for me, I would love if he comes back, just kind of works in slow. Um, and then towards the end of the season, when we have that you know, tougher run of games, he, he really uh, is able to, to get back and look like his old self. Uh, but yeah, for, for me, the biggest thing defensively on my wish list is just healthy ZTF uh, wrecking guys in the Oregon game. I'm still in yep. shock that there's a chance that yeah, he comes it back make any sense at in, all. in the season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. There's some crazy voodoo magic happening that I don't I understand. Mean, it's like the, the Russian gymnast who was like three months off a of, uh, was it Achilles tear and was doing like one gold in the Olympics or something. Damn. Really? It's like ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Like there must be different. I thought there was just, if you rupture Achilles, like it's all the same amount of time, yeah. but I guess there's like, you know, partial tear or something, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, but tear. ZTF yeah. is just built that different. Yeah, he's, he's built different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, but it I'd also sounds like he's me, just attacked the on, uh, ahead, Jacob, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, no worries. Um, for me on, on the wish list, I want to see 
more Cam Davis and more Dick Newton yes. and less Sean McGrew and less Kamari Pleasant. Yeah, I always want to see more Dick. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Lots of Dick no for six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... By the way, Dick's I, I burgers, definitely we see... get on this. Yes, Dick's for there was There was definitely... nothing better than watching Dick just absolutely explode through the hole um, in that clip Husky Twitter tweeted oh, the other God day. Damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, just just love to see the burst through the hole like that from Dick. Uh, really awesome. Great finishing. Just really impressive. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the puns are endless. <laughs> but anyway, I would like to see a little bit more, a lot more, actually, of Cam Davis for sure. But, um yeah, I think it's it's something that from what we've heard from people that have been attending practice, whether it's the media or the open practices, that Cam's been getting a lot of reps with the ones, which is really encouraging because we've seen what he can do in very small bits, small increments, uh, and what he did in high school. Um, and I think that that's just going to be a lot more conducive to a more explosive offense than what we're getting out of Kamari Pleasant or Sean McGrew. Not to say that Sean McGrew is not explosive because some of our bigger plays, especially uh, in the last two games of the season uh, last year came from Sean, but I want to see more of, of uh, Cam Davis for sure. God damn it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the pod chat is going wild at the moment. Our host can't talk. He's laughing too much. Uh, <laughs> You're right, no, though, Jake. I, I, I think for sure. Yeah, I think it definitely brings a, def, a, a different element to the offense uh, and you know, more explosiveness. Uh, I, I certainly think Kamari and, and Sean both have a role. I, I certainly think Sean can be a great change of pace back, kind of a third down back. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. The benefit, and we saw it, I think, in one of the run, runs he broke against Oregon State, where he almost, because he's just not very tall, um, can kind of hide behind the line and find a gap and and go uh and then Kamari certainly showed that he's one of the better pass better better ones in pass pro and it's it's that piece that dick and cam needed to to prove up uh prove that they had improved yeah we've we've seen enough mcgrew and pleasant we want to see more dick am i right <laughs> more dick one more cam maybe a little uh little sunday <laughs> a little sunday i'm i'm not oh, against yeah. that at all that'd be cool I also, I don't think it'll happen because he's a true freshman, but I want to see Caleb Berry get some run. Uh, Maybe like yeah. late against mm -hmm. Montana or something. He or should. Arkansas yeah. State. Yeah, and it and it also sounds like from some of the stuff that I've heard that, that, that Sam's had a couple of sneaky good days. Yeah. I, I was yeah, going to say sure. that. Sam, I've heard, is getting some looks. He's actually doing better than expected. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice to see him a little bit too. Uh, yeah, and what I will say to, to briefly touch on on my wish list thing with CTF and and one of our other uh, you know edge rushers that was just more of like I of course want it to be the right timing for CTF and not to bring him to aggravate injury and I want what's best for his future. But if that's also coincides with something that we can rub audiences in, I'm good with that. Uh, Anybody else have any other items on their wish list for the season? Go ahead, DP. Yeah, Dom Hampton. Let him run wild. Dom Hampton breakout. Yes. 
we're sure. all over it. It's happening. It's happening. Dom Hampton, first team on Pac-12. You heard it here first from DP, who knows so much about football, obviously. Um, and the DBs are just Ben Burkirvin went undrafted. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, Dom Hampton, breakout. Wish yeah, list yeah. and also it's happening. So well, I mean, yeah, be prepared. Sure. Someone asked about breakout players in the bigger group chat. It was either earlier today or yesterday, but I think there's really only two answers, and that's Dom and CamFab. Um, CamFab was kind of the, I won't, I don't want to say forgotten or overlooked member of that DB recruiting class, but he kind of was. Um, yeah. And for him to be playing, because he was a four star too, right? To yeah. be to have him be overlooked as a four star DB, those were the days. Um, but he's definitely <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. But. Uh, yeah, for him to be overlooked and then now be potentially starting and, and playing a lot with, with the first unit is, is awesome. So to see him out there with uh, with Dom and, and Trent and Kyler, with if you can use Buki as a rotational guy, we're in an amazing position as far as our, our yeah. defensive back depth. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call yeah. Cam Fab forgotten, but definitely overlooked. Like, I don't think we expected him this year with all these other guys ahead of him to step in yeah. and contribute like he looks like he will be. Yeah, and certainly not with, with Buki transferring in. Like, that, I mean, yeah. but it also, I think, the benefit, and, and I think what we've heard a little bit is the the flexibility that that gives you that Cam can rotate at the nickel, and then you can have, you know, Buki play a, a more of a nickel safety role, kind of the Buda Baker-ish position in the defense on occasion uh it, you know just the flexibility that that offers uh is is a big ad for sure um i think it was it was hood that uh, that actually had posted that as a tweet yesterday about breakout players that we were expecting to see and i um all the pictures and, and the reports certainly uh shout out to a hometown hero um i think savelle's coming in a different way this year yeah and that's going to be Super Savelle's giving off different vibes than he did last year for sure. Go ahead. I have one more uh, wish, which is that Peyton Henry is absolute nails this year. Just please, I don't want any more kicking problems. All I want is for yeah. us to be able to be, you know, on the 25 yard line and be confident that we're getting three points either way. But we need yeah, to be taking sure. seven much more than we have been. Yes. I'm just saying it would be nice to at least have comfort that we're oh, getting three sure. points there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that kind of, you know, I think the other big piece and it's, it's, I want, you know, I think the next thing on my wish list is certainly that what we've seen from Jackson in the, it, what we saw from Jackson in the spring, what, you know, we've heard that he's been very solid thus far in, in fall camp, that that shows up on the field. Uh, and I'm also super excited that it really sounds like uh, Danny Hammer has taken a step forward and is going to be a key piece of our rotation at that spot. And that guy's got instincts like no tomorrow. And he comes with, with bad intentions. <laughs> I'll say yeah. That and, and one thing I will say, one thing I will say about Jackson is that um, I, we don't remember this now because BBK was so unbelievably good his senior year, but even after his junior year, he still actually had some detractors and then he really took a step forward from that. It was just unbelievable his senior year. So if that can be Jackson Sermon, like I guess we, we kind of forget that these guys are not a finished product uh, sometimes. So if Jackson Sermon can really take a step forward and be a guy for us this year, that'd be huge. Yeah, I, I think Husky Nation is definitely uh, 
uh, guilty of occasionally writing people off prematurely. We've seen it, you know, BBK, you know, we've seen it, you know, BBK look at how he exploded between junior and senior year. Not that he was bad, even as a sophomore as a junior. Um, you know, look at going back away. The way Dick is exploding, right? God damn it, DP. Um, Sorry. Like, Sorry. Con- Tani Tupo taking a big step up his senior year. Jalen Johnson showing, you know, taking a big step up. Uh, it, there's just any number of, you know, it, it's a progression. And these are young guys. Like, Jackson didn't play starter minutes until last year, and it was four games. Eh. I, I disagree with you because Hauli was was good. It's just his, he went from good to goddamn. <laughs> um, so, anything else on the wish list for, for you guys, or should we move on to kind of in, the, the things that we think are indicators that the season will be successful? Was that a yes? Was that an ODP? You're just shrugging. <laughs> You're a mean. Yes, right move now. on. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Kind of, you know, there's the obvious indicators of, hey, that we won 10 games. Yeah, it was a great season. Um, But it's more in the line of if these things happen, you know, that's going to be an indicator that it's a good season. What do you guys think? Don't come out flat against Stanford. That's a big one. I think that will signify that we have really made a change in the way we approach things because outside of really 2016, I feel like it's just been the norm for the last however long to come out just flat against those guys. We know what they're doing every year, and they still come out and they still do it. Um, so to, to me, if we come out hard out of the gate, kind of like we did in 2016 against Stanford, that'll signify that there's something different. Well, You want Dick we to come out, out hard? hard? Yes. I, w- I would love it if Dick just comes out hard and then just explodes th- through the hole. All over the tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say we also we we put it to him in the first half of the game in 2018, and then we I said, "Oh, yeah. we got this under wraps," and we did not. 24 to nothing game turned into 24 to 21, um, and I could be wrong, but it got tight in a hurry. Um, <laughs> to continue a previous metaphor, oh boy, uh, or or. or, or... <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> oh man! Um, I, I think one of the big ones to me is is I think certainly I, I um, one of the big keys in and like what we've talked about previously with the passing game. I think if we see Dylan's completion percentage in the deep third at near around forty percent, where um, you know I mean no one you know short of you know freakish generational quarterbacks is going to complete, you know, 50, 60% in the deep third. It's just not the nature of the game. Um, but if we're capitalizing it, if he can th- hit the deep ball enough, if we've got guys getting open and if our receivers are catching the ball enough to, to get his completion percentage in, in field, uh, in throws to that third of the field, it's, it's a wrap because that's going to open so much up underneath for Cade, so much for, for Terrell coming out of the slot so much for the gadgets that we might run with Giles, um, you know, it, that's, that's a big indicator for me. And that, and if we see that the offense is going to be very, very hard to stop. Yeah. With regard to the passing game, I think that if we see, for me, if we see multiple receivers going into double digit touchdowns, that would be, 
something that I think would be a huge indicator of, of our passing game success. Um, I don't know how likely that is to happen just because of our history of, of the passing game and um, spreading the ball out, especially going deep. Um, but I think that if we could see multiple receivers either eclipse double digits or get close to it, um, then our, our passing, the questions about the passing game will pretty much go away. And we talked about it a little bit on the pod. Uh, well, I guess post pod last week um, with hood that all this talk of, of the, the passing game not being successful would have looked tremendously different if Dylan and Jalen connected on a few of those deep balls um, against Utah against Stanford. Yep. Um, so I, I think that we are, or we did show at least a little bit in those four games that we were pushing the ball deep. It was just not clicking. We weren't there yet. Um, as far as the, the communication and the, the connection between Dylan and the receivers. But if we can get that, or if Dylan can get that locked down um, and we get multiple receivers hitting or getting close to double-digit touchdowns, then this, this passing offense will really open up um, and we'll be looking at a very good, successful season. Yeah. To, to, I, I think DP had a good question there. Are we counting Kate there or... Why true wide receivers independent? Well, I guess pass pass catchers, anybody catching double digit touchdowns is going to be um, for the passing offense. Obviously, it's going to be part of the passing game. So, um, sure. whether it's Cade or or the receivers, I, I I would count Cade for sure. Okay, yeah, I definitely because I think he's such a red zone weapon, or or in the, and I think you're going to see him make a lot of hay. Not even necessarily when we're, you know, in golden goat situations, but it's stuff that, that, you know, first and ten at the thirteen, first and ten at the seventeen. Um, yeah, I think I, I definitely agree with you there. I think another key for me, and and, and again in the, like, like, um, would be you know that kind of opposite CTF where if we see a mix of guys. At the pressure position, whether Braylon, whether you know, in the combination of Braylon and Savelle and Bowman and I, uh, you know, if we've got three or four guys that are four and a half, five, um, looks like they've got audio issues. Uh, if we're in, you know, if we've got multiple guys on the outside north of four sack, uh, that's going to be a big piece. Um, and then I also think you're going to see some additional um, contributions in terms of quarterback pressures, tackles for loss. Uh, that would be um, All right, I'll stop. Uh, next, DJ, you got anything on the, the kind of the indicators for you? Or Jay, anymore? DP? Yeah, the, the only thing, well, I've got two things, and I don't want to sound like a coog, but I just want to beat Oregon's ass and do it convincingly where it's not a close game where they can say what ifs. And then at the same time, just, I don't I normally don't say these kind of things, but I just want to finish above them. Most likely that I mean, we'll win the Pac-12 North. And just so they can just stop talking all that shit for once. There's, there's, I'm, I'm just so tired of it. Yeah, no, for sure. Go 0-12 like, and still talk shit, to be honest. True. Like, oh, you guys did it first. Yeah, I was about to blah, say, who you do first? <laughs> <laughs> There's any universe where we finish ahead of Oregon and don't win the Pac-12 North? Yeah, so. that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, like, 
honestly. Like Unless they just go absolute 2016 disaster mode. True. Which could happen. You never know. Yeah, which would be... So, uh, so in, in, which, in which case, 2020 was actually a representative Mario Cristobal coached season. True. That's a good point. He didn't have Justin Herbert to carry him. Or I will say that's probably my most Dugish take. Or... Oh, yeah, go ahead, DP. Yeah, this is probably my most Dugish take in Duke history. Um, but I'd just like to point out that Justin Herbert—I mean, he looked good at Oregon, and then he got to the NFL, and we were all just like, "Whoa!" Because I think a lot of Husky fans, after watching him a lot in the Pac-12, were like, "I mean, he—you know—he's—I he, guess he's good. He's got a lot of potential." And he showed up with the Chargers, and everyone was like, "Good." Uh, I think that he he did not have the maximum potential um, taken out of him. And or, I said that really weird, but you get where you get where I'm going. Yeah. And I, I guess what I'm saying is I think that having a really really good quarterback like Justin Herbert might have masked a lot of deficiencies in what Mario does. And it's possible that 2020 was a lot more indicative of Mario as a coach, and all his years at FIU are more indicative of Mario as a coach than. Um, his you know, like his years with Herbert. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the keys to there is, is you know, was does Joe does the does the Moorhead offense look noticeably different? Is it better than the 2019 offense for Oregon? If so, they're going to be dangerous. If not, it's going to get interesting. But I, I don't think there's any universe other than if they completely tank, um, or if we both completely tank, uh, God forbid, um, that there's any way that we don't, if we finish above Oregon, that we don't win the North. Like, I'm sorry, Cal's got a great defense, but no, <laughs> that's not a, that, unless, like, it, if that happens again, uh, if that happens, the, uh, <laughs> we did not pass the site CP. Um, yeah, there's just there's no team that, that scares anyone. And like that, it's gonna get like when UCLA won the South at six and six. It, that's just what it's gonna be. All right, somebody wasn't there a year Wisconsin won their uh, division in the Big Ten and they went like seven and five. I don't remember off the top of my head. I really only paying attention to one UW. Good point. They're the fake UW. They really are, particularly since they backed out of a home-and-home series with us. Anywhere, anytime, any place. Um, they should play BYU. They have a lot in common. That'd be a good one. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have any indicators, or should we just call it a call it a wrap uh, for this evening? All right. We'll call that good. good. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing with us my, for my with my shitty audio. We will be back soon, if not next week, <laughs> the week following. Go dogs! Two, Go dogs. three weeks away. Go D Wags! Yeah. DP's annual appearance. Woo! <laughs>